1: That's Shopify.com
0: slash special offer. This is the Dallas Morning News. Eat, Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market.
2: Hey, North Texas food fans, welcome to Eat, Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News. Each week, we dish on the local restaurant scene, food and drink trends, cooking and shopping tips, and unpack everything that makes North Texas one of the most vibrant, diverse, and ambitious food scenes in the country. I'm your host, food editor, Aaron Bookie, and this week we'll cover a recent flurry of restaurant openings, even though summer is usually slow. It's also Pride Month, so we'll chat about LGBTQ chefs and their thoughts on the Dallas dining scene. And have you watched the Hot Cheetos movie yet? We did, and we have some flaming hot thoughts. We'll get started right after this.
0: Central Market is really into food. Like fish flown in so fresh it still has jet lag into food. Our sourdough starter has been around since Grunge was a thing into food. We're talking more prime cuts than a greatest hits album into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then we're the HQ for you. Whether you're a make-every-recipe-in-the-cookbook-foodie or a my-favorite-recipe-is-reheat type who just digs the delectable, no place makes every day more delicious like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Be sure to go to dallasnews.com slash food for information on our show and lots of food and drink stories. And you can always share your thoughts with us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. Also, if you're a fan of the Eat Drink DFW podcast, please do us a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Not four, three, five only. Follow us as well so you'll always know about new episodes. Later on, we'll be talking all about Flamin' Hot Cheetos and the new movie directed by Eva Longoria. But first, we'll dive into restaurant news with writers Sarah Blaskovich, Claire Baller, and Imelda Garcia. Summer is normally quite slow for restaurants, but this year there's been a lot of new openings, some moves and other announcements. So Sarah, what are three big new restaurants that are open right now that people should check out?
1: Ooh, I like this question. Uh, Okay, so I'll say at first that you should go to DallasNews.com slash food because we try to cover all the big openings and almost all of the medium and small size openings. We can't get to every single thing, but I, I want our listeners to know that we really do try. We care about all the restaurants in all the corners of DFW. If I have to pick just three, let's start over in Fort Worth. There is a vegan tasting restaurant named Maiden. You get eight courses of food. There's no meat or no dairy in any of it. And the idea at Maiden is that it's for anybody who's interested in a food journey, not just people who choose to eat vegan all the time. And that really speaks to me. I'm not vegan. My brother was for much of his life, and now he's vegetarian, and my family would love to eat at this restaurant. It should be said that it's $150 per person, so that's a high price. Point. So maybe more of a special occasion dinner. And then there are pretty cool pairings. There's wine, there's a totally non-alcoholic option for pairings, and then there's a mix of the two. So maybe you get some wine, maybe some sake, a mocktail, some hot tea. And I just love the idea that you can have beautiful pairings with your food that are not all about alcohol. Notably, all the pairings are $45 each. I think a lot of us have seen 100 $150 pairings often when it's with wine. So that is just a really good price point. So Maiden is the first place that I think people should drive to Fort Worth to and check it out. The second place, Hutchins Barbecue and Trophy Club. You may have read that the Hutchins Barbecue family sued each other over the rights to opening another barbecue restaurant with a similar name. They decided to change the name slightly. So there's still Hutchins Barbecue in McKinney and in Frisco. And this brand new restaurant in Trophy Club is called The Original Roy Hutchins Barbecue. And Roy Hutchins is dad, and then he has three sons. Two of them operate the McKinney and Frisco stores, and the other is off with dad in Trophy Club. But this barbecue restaurant just opened. We have a coworker who lives in Trophy Club, and he enjoyed his first plate of barbecue there. I hope to get there soon. And for barbecue enthusiasts, I think it's just worth the drive, if only to see how much Hutchins barbecue from McKinney and Frisco shines through at the dad and the brother's spot. And then the third restaurant, which I want to talk a little bit more with the three of you about, is Bobby's Airway Grill at Preston and Royal in Dallas. For a long time, this was Doherty's Pharmacy and it closed and they built a brand new restaurant inside. So of course there wasn't a kitchen in there. They planted a mature oak tree on the patio and totally redid the exterior. Bobby's Airway Grill is an American restaurant that comes from two guys who worked for the Hillstone Group. So they have Houston's DNA, which means very carefully curated menus of American food, very precise rules in the kitchen about how dishes are made and presented with the idea being that consistency is key to serve beautiful and good food. But they're serving food we all know and love. Cheeseburgers, a cheese dip with Fritos and oysters and steaks. So we've had a lot of American restaurants open recently. I've had some readers ask me, like, what's the difference between all of them? What do you guys think? Have we hit peak American restaurant in
2: Dallas proper? I think it's kind of like with the steak houses, like there's room for those. I mean, that's what people want. And I think a lot of these places have a good variety on the menu. I I
3: will say for American restaurants, I think the challenge that these places are up against is what do you do that's going to make people leave or not go to the restaurant that they frequent that serves the same kind of food and come try your restaurant instead. That's a hard thing to be up against if you're serving the same kind of food that people and maybe it's not really the same, but at least on paper, it probably looks pretty much the same to people. I agree. So we often hear these restaurateurs who are like, no, no, but we do it different. We elevate the cheeseburger. And it's like, get in line. Everybody pretty much says that. And maybe it's true. Maybe they do do something really unique. But that's a hard sell, is to get people to leave the safety of, of the place that they know well and try something new that pretty much does the same thing.
2: Especially in this
1: economy. Yeah. Yes, For Bobby's Airway Grill, they do have a really interesting core of people who love their other restaurant, Il Bracco. It's an Italian restaurant in Preston Center. And they purposefully didn't open another Il Bracco up the street. They opened a different restaurant. And they said they've got some people who eat at Il Bracco several times a week, every week. And these are not inexpensive restaurants. So you got people who can pay to eat like that. And the hope is that some of those folks and a bunch of new people will also go to Bobby's. My first impression of this place, because I did go and eat some of the food and talk to the owners a couple days before it opened, I'm impressed by Bobby's Airway Grill. I think that their owners really know what they're doing. They're really serious about quality. And if they can keep that up, if they can hold that, this could be a really good neighborhood restaurant. So time will tell.
2: And so is there any kind of retro vibe to it? Because the name Bobby's Airway Grill and being in the old Doherty's Pharmacy location, I am just picturing like a very retro 60s place with like people in flight attendant outfits or something. I don't know.
1: That's funny. No. So the place is beautiful and sleek. It's fun. There's some pop art on the wall um, that's like kind of silly and maybe lightens the mood a little bit. But no, um, some navy wall colors and some navy and emerald green booths. Just sort of elegant American. It is not, you know, like red booths and black and white checkered floors or anything like that. Okay. Now the name Bobby, it's B-O-B-B-I-E. And that is the CEO's mom. So it's a lady Bobby. A funny little aside is that uh, the son and the daughter used to go to high school together, of course. And the daughter got really good at forging her mom's signature, like for permission slips and stuff. And so when they designed the logo for Bobby's Airway Grill... They didn't ask Bobby herself, who is happily alive and well in Dallas. They didn't ask her to write her name. They asked her daughter to forge her name because the joke was that she did it better than mom did. And one time mom signed a permission slip and the school was like, we know that this isn't real. And it was actually
4: hers. Oh, wow. I just want to go to the barbecue one because I want to see what that telenovela is about. That's all I have to say. More barbecue drama? More barbecue
1: drama, I mean. It, And it is two of the brothers who sued one another live across the street from each other.
4: Oh my God. It's really good, (laughs) Melda.
2: I mean, you nailed it. (laughs) Wow. So it's Sarah Blaskovich's birthday week. Where are you going to go out to dinner this week? Birthday dinner is a big deal to me, and I
1: always pick it for myself. We're going to Quarter Acre on Greenville Avenue. It is a place that is highly talked about in the food community. It also is close to our house, and my birthday is on a Tuesday. So not a milestone birthday, but a beautiful day to pick the place I want to go. Um, And I would be happy to report back on dinner at Quarter Acre.
2: June is also Pride Month, which celebrates lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender pride and the impact the community has had on U.S. history. It was first designated by the government in 1999, but there's recently been a rise in anti-LGBTQ efforts by hate groups and even legislative pushes to erode the rights of the community. Cracker Barrel even got blowback recently for celebrating Pride Month. Imelda, you recently talked to some LGBTQ chefs about the current climate. So what did they have to say about the challenges that they're facing right now?
4: What I try to report on this story is that LGBTQ, we are everywhere, right? And here in North Texas, we have some examples of very fine chefs that are living their dreams of youth. I talked to two prominent chefs in the Dallas food scene. They are very successful and have a great insight of what is happening now in Texas. I had an interview with Abraham Saloon. He's the owner and chef of Saloon restaurant in Oakland. And he thinks that this environment in Texas is temporary and that on other occasions, minorities also have been attacked because they are an easy target when things are bad, right? Mm-hmm. I also talked to Michelle Carpenter, She's the chef and owner of Sen Sushi in Bishop Arts and Beatrice in Oakleaf. And she told me that the food industry, is the most diverse and creative industries in the country that allows people to express themselves there is also a lot of discrimination, not only by being gay, but also because being a woman and an immigrant. So let's remember that the Atree restaurant was nominated this year for a James Beer Award for Best New Restaurant. So Carpenter is one of the most successful chefs in Texas. These chefs, they don't want to be only gay chefs, you know, and they don't want to be like that place is a gay place because that is the least interesting thing about these guys. They are part of our community. And they are like successful people that the youth can take as an example. And they both focus on being the best in their fields. So they avoid being singled out for their orientation. They are both in their 50s. So coming out of the closet when they were young was a difficult thing to do. These chefs had a message for the LGBTQ youth. Keep fighting, keep being brave, and everything gets better with time. Thank you so
2: much, Amelda, for writing that story. You can also read the story and more from the chefs at dallasnews.com slash food. Coming up next, we're opening up some bags of hot Cheetos and discussing the new movie about how they were created. That's right after this.
0: Central Market is really into food. Like when we say cheese, it's in 12 languages into food. Butchers, bakers, and sushi roll makers into food. We're talking so obsessive about quality you can shop blindfolded into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then let us turn your shopping list into a treasure map. Get inspired, get adventurous, or just get a chef-made dinner when you've got more taste buds than time. No place makes every meal more amazing like Central Market, really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com.
2: Welcome back, everyone. As you know, we are big Cheeto fans in this house, especially Sarah. And yes. now there's a new movie streaming on Hulu called and Hot. It's directed by Eva Longoria, and it's the story of Richard Montanez, a Frito-Lay janitor who became an executive after reportedly inventing the spicy slurry that became and Hot Cheetos. A few of us recently watched the movie, and even though there is some controversy over the accuracy of the story, which we will discuss, I found the film to be pretty enjoyable, save for a few cringy stereotypes in the beginning. What did you guys think? Did you watch it? Yes.
4: Yeah. And and I agree with you. I mean, there's some stereotypes there, but you know what? They have this Chicano and Cholo culture very well. I mean, the cars and the hats and everything, they are like pretty accurate, you know? Okay so I did not watch it but I have wow, I have wow, a, you have, to.
3: I have a general understanding of it. Okay so but I'm curious for you guys to like give an overview.
1: So it's the story of a guy who you fall in love with him from the beginning because he tries to get a job at Frito-Lay, which fun fact, my dad worked at Frito-Lay for much of my childhood. This was not in Texas like the Frito-Lay headquarters is in Plano. It's at a plant, but he's sweeping the floors and, you know, shining the sides of the machines. And he talks his way into getting some Cheetos and some Fritos and some Doritos so that he can put his family recipe spicy stuff on it. And his reasoning is my family and I take these Doritos and we make them spicier at home. would never eat these like they are. And that was one of my favorite parts was like the idea that the chip that they were so proud of wasn't good enough or wasn't right for his family. And that is like a perfect food business case to make a new flavor. And these days we have way too many chip flavors. Let me go on the record as saying we've gone way off the rails in terms of what <laughs> flavor should be on a chip. The chip aisle is a scary place. But reel that back to and Hot Cheetos land. And it's like there was nothing that was so crazy spicy. And it allegedly was created by a guy from Mexico who thought, I don't see myself in this snack aisle.
2: Yeah, I found it really interesting enjoyable. Um, I watched it with my son and he really loved it. And so much that we made our husband go out and buy some hot Cheetos at the store and bring them back. He bought the regular Flamin' Hot Cheetos flavor and then also the Tangy Chili Fusion Hot Cheetos. It's extra, extra flamey. It was really good. That one is the one that has gone the the quickest in our house. Do you still end up with like orange, purple fingers? Oh, for sure. They're like hot Cheetos, but even like more purpley. Yeah. Like darker and more purpley. I think more peppers and maybe like a sour cream that makes them tangier.
4: I want to tell you something, but first let me have this little bite of hot Cheetos. (laughs) In Mexico, we love hot flavors. That's right in the movie. I mean, even we take this flaming hot and we made it hotter because we (laughs) add salsa on it. So you've taken hot Cheetos and dip them in salsa? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to bring some salsa to
1: you. I don't know why I didn't bring it with me. today. This reminds me of that part in the movie where the little kid, he's like four. He's the youngest kid in the family. And the dad and the mom and the older brother are like mixing up all these slurries to try to get it right. And the little kid tries it and he kind of like screams, it's hot. And then one of them says, is it the good hot or the bad hot? And I was like, oh, I get that. Because, you know, the good hot is like, I'm in pain, but I'm also having a great time. This little four-year-old says, it's the good hot. And, I, yeah. you know, then we all at home are like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, but apparently, Aaron, you alluded to this. This story might
2: not be accurate. This guy might not be the inventor of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. There are a lot of stories about this. I think the LA Times did an investigation about the origin of the Hot Cheeto. He was a janitor who became an executive at Frito-Lay. And he has written memoirs and he does a lot of speaking engagements about inventing the Flamin' Hot Cheeto. But there are reports that it actually was invented in a lab in the Plano headquarters of Frito-Lay. They found some interesting inconsistencies in Richard's story. One of the main storylines is that this guy who's the janitor calls up the CEO and is like, I need you to try something. I have an idea that's going to save the whole company. You know, we need to market to Latinos. This is a growing market and we need to develop something that appeals to them. But apparently the Los Angeles Times found out that this particular CEO didn't even start at PepsiCo until after Flamin' Hot was already on the shelves. So that particular story Storyline, I think, was proven false, but even the director, Eva Longoria, was asked about this. And what did she say, Claire? She said that with this
3: movie, they, they were telling his truth. Richard's truth of of what happened. So it seemed like they acknowledged that maybe it's really not fully true, but it was true to him. It doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility that this guy did have this idea, perhaps at the same time that something similar was in development. It doesn't seem unlikely that Frito-Lay was already thinking of taking this snack in a spicy direction. It also seems totally possible that a guy in the LA area would say, hey, this would be way better if it was really spicy and something that could appeal to the Latino population. Those things seem like they could totally coexist to me.
2: Yeah, and he also said in an interview that because he was not in an official role, that he was a janitor, that his ideas and things like that weren't documented as well as it would have been if he was in like an official executive position at the time. I can believe that too. And I love that he's considered the godfather of Latino marketing because it is all about the marketing.
4: I want to say something, but let me have another bite. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> the thing that is interesting to me is why Frito-Lay haven't say anything about this myth. It's like, you know what? This is good PR for us. So where do you guys, or I guess, Sarah, this is a question for you.
3: You Please. are a big and Hot As fan. I was a and Hot expert. Where do Takis fall for you in comparison to the Flamin' Hot Cheeto?
1: So because of the textural difference, Takis are not in the same conversation. So I think that a Cheeto, Flamin' Hot or not, these crispy ones, not the puffs. The original Cheeto is like the perfect chip texture. And so the Takis just have a, a different texture for me.
3: And Takis are more...
1: Sorry, I'm trying to crunch on them. I want to eat. luscious <laughs> Cheeto. For a second. Okay.
3: Takis are more like a tortilla chip. Rolled up. Right. Cheetos for me, they're like little styrofoam fingers.
1: Don't put styrofoam in this conversation. They're they're pretty
3: styrofoamy, you know?
1: No, it's air fried styrofoam. If you're gonna get there, (laughs) I think if you were if they were to be styrofoam, they would squeeze Oh, okay, true. They're chewy and this but, would I mean, be look bad. At, look at the cross section I bit into one.
3: Yeah, it's pretty styrofoam-esque, which is also why they do go stale so fast. But there's a real good textural thing that goes on with a fresh Cheeto. That's accurate. <laughs> you guys, I think this is my first time Don't eating say it. no. Flaming Hot Cheetos like on their
1: own. Oh, not not as a dust. Right. Or as not a like on something or as a thumb, or yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: As a yeah. culinary
1: choice, yeah. On another thing, first of all, this
3: situation—the fact that my fingers are, yeah—it's a bonus. Covered that's, in that's a gift for you, <laughs> red powder. Yeah, you
1: need to eat these with chopsticks. Chopsticks. Oh my god. No. Yeah. No, you. <laughs> the thing too, you're gonna wash your hands, and that's not yeah. gonna get off of there. Oh, really? No, you get to keep that till like tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. 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 There is no <laughs> child who has eaten these as an accident, and mom did not know. Yeah. No, no. No. That's right.
2: <laughs> Speaking of all of the other hot Cheeto applications out there, like there are so many, and that is definitely where we see it the most is sprinkled on elote or sprinkled on some culinary dish or like Sarah, wasn't there something at the Rangers game? It was like a pretzel. Uh, Yes, it was pretzel with Cheetos dust on it.
1: We've seen it on mac and cheese in restaurants and I've done it at home, too. It was like my best mom moment when I did regular Cheetos, not flaming hot, because I have little bitty kids. Sprinkled on top of the mac and cheese, and I like acted like it was a my idea and b really genius because half of parenting is just selling whatever you're doing. to sound so great for sure and both of my kids were like wow you're so smart and I was like (laughs) thank you like yes I am
3: (laughs) I will say I thought these would be hotter I can see why one would dip them in salsa or something hotter I do like that they are more tangy than just like the burn you can still feel your tongue You know,
2: you should get the tangy chili fusion
3: ones. Okay, are they spicier or just tangier? Kind of both. It's just more like it's coated
2: more. So it's just like a little just extra.
3: Like I could stand for these to be hotter, but I'm also only eating a few. Like I can imagine if you eat quite a bit of these, then you have like the full mouth burn after a while.
1: I do think that is the gift that keeps on giving here is that if you were to eat this whole cup and I shall. By the end of it, you're like, oh, wee, wow, wow. I wonder how much (laughs) testing
3: that took in the lab or Mm. wherever these were invented to determine what spice level they needed to have so that like you could eat a good bit of them. Is it good hot or is it bad hot?
2: Yeah. Burns good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thanks everyone. Um, (sighs) um, If you want to watch the Flamin' Hot movie, it is now streaming on Hulu.
3: Imelda, can you close us out with one more crunch? My pleasure.
2: And that's all the time we have for Eat Drink DFW this week. Thank you all for joining, and I hope we've made you hungry for more. We also want to hear from you, so share your food thoughts, favorite restaurants, or tasty recipes with us at dallasnews.com. The show is produced by Julie Fisk. To stay up to date on every episode of this show and hear more from our newsroom, just follow the Dallas Morning News wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please rate the show and give us a good review. Find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com listen. You'll also find a special membership offer there just for listeners. For the news, I'm Erin Bookie. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
0: Eat, Drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market.
3: Spoken Layer
1: Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast.